I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another edition of Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday evening. We will be getting into NXT, of course, that we saw last night. SB3 and I will be debating about who is the biggest star in wrestling right now, I think, is the question. SB3 brought this to the table, guys, so I'm already on to a loser. Uh, we will talk about that later on, and your Ultra Chats can dictate where this show goes. If you want to have your say, WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestling Daily. That is always the way to get your say on this show, no matter what. We will read it out, the Mod Mother will give us the goods, and we will get stuck into it sb3 how are you my man i am doing well it's wednesday and you know what that means sp3 back on wrestling daily with my brother from an irish mother i just got done uh, watching the a and e biography for roddy roddy piper so i came here to chew bubblegum and talk wrestling and i'm all out of bubblegum it's daily <laughs> boys time Early boys in the house. Um, I must say, I haven't had a chance to watch the Roddy Piper one yet. Um, I thought the Steve Austin one was great. It was a really good nostalgic trip for me. So uh, I'm hoping to watch Roddy tonight. Um, it seems like there's a slew of them, and I'm here for it. I like it. I like a good um, in-depth, behind-the-scenes biography, for want of a better term. So, yeah, good stuff. Um, is, is it as good as the Austin one? Is it different? What's it like? Um, it's, I wouldn't say it's as good. I actually rated it higher than the Austin one when I did my review on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, but that's only because I, I really didn't know that much about Roddy Roddy right. Piper's like earlier years and how he came, got his I mean, life to the WWF. It, his whole hard. story starts in WWF for me. So it's hard as well, right? With like, we, well, we, we get Austin's perspective on his, whereas Roddy, obviously, we can't do that. So it's just other people through their lens. I always feel like that. I mean, it's great to get different perspectives, but obviously from the horse's mouth is always ideal. Yeah, I will say Kitty, though, his wife was the MVP. She really brought like the emotional like punch to the to the whole documentary but yeah i think that it fell off after like talking about the lead up to wrestlemania one they really didn't know where to go with like as far as his career they focused more on his relationship with his family and how him wrestling affected that and you know they touched on stuff like his match with bret hart but it could have it could have been a lot more so i think it's not as good as the stone cold one but it's still a good documentary i just didn't like the Hulk Hogan parts. Like, I can't believe what he's saying. It, that That's my whole issue. That was my biggest issue with the whole thing. You can't believe what Hulk Hogan's saying? No. Can't believe a word he's saying. No, blasphemy. Not not God's honest Hulk Hogan. How how can you say that? Um, man, it's funny. Like, when I watch... Um, have you seen the Yokozuna thing? On yeah. the WWE icons, right? And he's like, "Oh, you know." And I was just spitballing ideas. Then, uh, oh, and then you ended up winning the title, did you, Hulk? You crowbarred your way in there, did you? Like, this is the way he says it. Like, oh, you know. And then everyone was mad at me. Well, of, <laughs> of course they were. What are you talking about? 
No, it was then, just like it was just like in this one, like he had to mention, like, oh, oh, Roddy must so much money not jobbing to me, and he should have jobbed at WrestleMania one because everybody wanted to see Mr. T beat him. Like, no, that wasn't the right decision. Like, Mr. Wonderful is obviously the least biggest star in here, so he should take the pin. Yes, Roddy may have lost some money not jobbing to you, but that WrestleMania one, that there was no correlation there. Like, that was a bad take. Mm, no, I mean, I. I could be corrected if I'm wrong, but Hulk Hogan is very much revisionist in like, oh, me and Andre were the best of pals and the same with um, with Macho Man as well. Very much the same where he's like, you know, we were such good pals and everyone's like, mm, were you? Uh, so again, I don't know really, but I have seen the stories. Anyway, uh, let's get into the titular news for tonight's episode to get the ball rolling. Thank you guys for joining us once more in the live chat. It's good to see you. Even Blamplate, who says that I am a 40-year-old man. They're here. Um, Chris Petru, I haven't seen you in a couple of days. Hey, Chris. Uh, who else we've got going on here? WrestleScope, the Good Egg Champion. He champion knows. of the world. He brings that belt to the table. He knows. Uh, Lizzie Stallion. Of course, she's in the place. Uh, CM Chris, I mean, he's there on the regs. Pierre, I like Pierre. He's there all the time. He's a lot yeah. of daily boys. He knows. There's a lot of you regular good eggs, uh, and I like it. I like to see these familiar faces. Get active in the chat, guys. I love to see it. Um, also, sorry, Pierre, I've just got your <laughs> your daily boys there on lock. Uh, also, so let's get into the titular news, right? AJ Styles and Omos are the Raw Tag Team Champions. They have not been seen since winning the titles at WrestleMania. And there is no explanation on TV. AJ Styles said on the bump, they've been celebrating in Nigeria. Just going to let it hang in the air. In Nigeria since they won the titles. I have no idea what the travel restrictions are to Nigeria. Um, but that is what uh, <laughs> AJ has had to say. But apparently SB3, according to the likes of Brian Alvarez and and, and the likes, and that's a lot of likes, uh, <laughs> that's, you know, the real reason is a lot more kind of concerning. Yes, FIFO Select reports that the reason why AJ and Omos have not been on TV is because one of them have not been medically cleared. So they haven't uh, basically determined which one of them have not has not been medically cleared. But I guess AJ kind of set his own spin on things, said that while they were in Nigeria, Omos suffered a severe sunburn. So that's his medical reasoning for why almost and uh, AJ have not been on television. But he did say on the bump that they are going to be on Monday Night Raw this coming week. So I, yeah, I like you. I was kind of worried by this type of news because, you know, if it's AJ, that's never a good thing, uh, you know, because he's so later on in his career and for right. almost he's so early in his career that's never a good thing and he's a tall he's a tall guy and we know the history with injuries for the taller wrestlers kevin nash we have a whole catalog of injuries that he's had in the past so we would hate to see the same thing for almost so it's it's a little bit worrying but at the same time you know knowing that they're going to be on raw next week at least there's some light at the end of the tunnel yeah, I mean, I've I've seen a few say that WWE just didn't really have any creative for them coming out of WrestleMania, which is even more staggering, if that is true. Uh, I think if you have AJ Styles on your roster and you don't ever have anything for him, you need to have a long, long look in the mirror. Um, but yeah, I mean, let, they're going to be back next week. Let's see the direction we head in from there. I like this whole riddle, Randy Orton, RK Bro thing. I'm not sure that you want to like, put these two together immediately, those teams, like let them do their own things. But what I'm saying is the pieces are there, right? So build, yeah. let, let them do their things and, and hopefully we get there and they keep almost looking like the beast that he is because that's the, my concern with that is the whole, like almost, it was almost wheeled out as like a, an attraction at WrestleMania. I don't anticipate almost like, getting in matches every week right now. I just don't. like. I just don't see WWE doing that. But then also, how does it, you know, how does it play out in terms of when they drop the titles then? Because is there going to be an eventual feud? Or, you know, is it going to be, I guess the easy comparison is like Diesel and Shawn Michaels, right? Like the big yeah. guy and, and the talented wrestler. 
I'm not sure. I, I feel like they put almost into that spot. Again, we know what AJ wanted at WrestleMania. We know he wanted Triple H and he was holding out for that. And then eventually this is what they went for. So I don't know what their long-term plans are or if they had any, what they're doing with the Raw Tag Division. And I have little faith that they will, you know, move in the right direction. But almost, I mean, if he's protected as well as he was at WrestleMania, then sky's the limit if they're going to go with it. If, if they're going to run with it, he could do a lot, Right. Yeah, They're like that, he really could be a central part of the show. I just don't know if WWE are actually saying right. This, WrestleMania was the trigger. I think they just put him there. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, this like you would think that because he didn't get his option A, which was Triple H, that this was option B. But that, it doesn't really feel like an option B. This option, this feels like option C or D yeah. or, or E or F. Like it doesn't seem like in the top two, top three. This seems like this was their last ditch effort to give AJ something at WrestleMania. It helps out almost getting him in his first match in a big spotlight for them. They win the Raw Tag Team titles, but basically not mentioning them really over the last like two, three weeks it's not helped them at all. So it doesn't give us any faith. And the fact that the raw tag team division is depleted, like there's like what hurt business or the, the artist formerly known as hurt business. Uh, they, they are getting whooped every week at the moment. Yep. There's the returning Viking Raiders. There's the form, the former retribution who I have coined the biracial Ascension It's 2021. <laughs> y'all. Um, and we have new day, new day there. New day, yeah. That that's about and Elias and Jackson Riker and Dave oh, and Morrison. So that's six teams. Look, WWE, they have six teams on one show. It's and that's not, not, would... that's not counting RK Bro either. Yes. So and I lo- I loved the RK Bro bit. That was probably the best part of Raw, but it was, it was. I, there's really no tag teams for them to really like feud with or beat i mean we got elias and jackson Riker and miz and morrison but it seems like morrison's injured it seems like elias and jackson Riker are gonna be mixing it up with the new day ahead of new day probably getting another title shot so i don't know what's going on there but i i don't know how long they can hold off not giving an opportunity to rk bro i feel like this is something that they probably get to by like money in the bank uh, I mean, I would like I would like the story to really stretch and like yeah. even RK Bro have a have a tag run, all of that good stuff, and then maybe you make them face each other at SummerSlam. Like I would be here for that. I think you need the story to play out longer to give Riddle the appropriate rub. Like let him show these different shades of his character. You've got a lot of funny moments in store with Randy Orton and and Riddle's goofiness. Like that's a great pairing, but also Orton can give him a lot in the ring and like making him. Uh, being taken more serious between the ropes because I've said this time and time again, Riddle is as serious as anyone you could wish to meet in WWE. The guy was on a five-fight winning streak in UFC when he got released. That is no joke. You look look up the, the, the records, by the way. There are not dozens of guys who have done that, right? Yeah. It's, actually, it's actually a pretty elite company. So uh, do not sleep on Matt Riddle. It's just because he's goofy. I feel like that's kind of taken over his character a little bit but yeah um it's, it's like the, it's like the john moxley the dean ambrose thing once they find out that you're funny that they kind of uh, just go 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 for that yeah. but, tunnel but vision that backstage segment between orton and riddle was gold like so good he, he asks him what, what planet are you from i'm from earth he was shut like up. shut up we have nothing <laughs> in common except we're from earth like I was, I started dying laughing. I was like, I was like, Riddle is gold. He has great comedic yeah. timing. They just need to utilize it better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good to see as well uh, in the chat. Forgotten Wonders, Urbex. Yes, I oh, saw you. You just weren't active when I was scrolling, brother. Uh, sorry to say. Uh, who else have we got going on here? Matty the Hot Scott. He's around. I see Uptown Avondale is in the building. I've seen uh, Petter. As well, I always think Petr Cech when I see your name. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good people, a lot of good, a lot of good people in the building. Get your ultra chats into us, guys. We will uh get them going once you know we get through a bit of the news and the NXT results. We will get into it. But wrestletour.com forward slash wrestling daily, and we would love to get into those topics. Um, one topic I'm not gonna love to get into, but I feel like we need to touch on Drake's been at it again, and I'm not talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the rapper SP3. Do you want to fill the people in 
on what he's been up to. I, I'm not too familiar with the with the latest incident. I do know that uh, the the earlier report, I believe it was from Feifel, was that he was suspended earlier in the year. I just uh, I, I wasn't able to see his latest escapades. I know he did some type of podcast where he said something else wrong. And anytime he gets he gets to talk on a public platform, whether it's Twitter, it's a good. podcast, it never leads to good things. Like, I think that's the reason why I don't know about this, because I saw him on the video and I just immediately didn't watch. I scrolled, I kept scrolling because I was like, something bad is here. So I, I, I think I have to hand that over to you, Alex. It's fine. Um, David, David Bixenspan tweeted out earlier that, uh, Drake Wirtz, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, yes. uh, who's obviously an official in NXT. Um, essentially, on the day of the taping yesterday, he was at the performance center and he joined like a Zoom call, um, or something to do with like you know the board of county commissioners somewhere in America. And it was about mask mandates, and he was like crying and stuff. Um, and he was talking about like child sex traffickers like love COVID masks. I think that's a quote like conspiracy theory. Um, he was just talking a lot of stuff in his NXT jersey, nonetheless. Um, it's just, uh, yeah. I mean, and that's why this Fightful report has obviously come out as well, because I think, you know, he's caught a lot of heat before um, saying things of, of, a, of, you know, of a, I don't want to say insensitive, but just inflammatory nature, right? That kind of gets people a bit like, whoa. Uh, and he tends to do it in his NXT shirt. Like what? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know what the point was of what he was trying to say. Uh, I haven't watched the full thing, only the clip from, from uh, David Bixon spam, but still like, as you say, it seems like a lot of bad stuff. Uh, every time he opens his mouth, so maybe sit the next couple of plays out. Um, and maybe know. not wear your NXT apparel while you're sharing your viewpoint. If it's already gotten you, in trouble mm. it's it's very strange behavior i feel like we're in a long con we're in a long work and we're just we're seeing the building of an anti-masker stable in professional wrestling you got you got drake words you got austin aries you got flip gordon <laughs> they're Jesus all gonna Christ. come together and they're gonna be the anti-maskers and they're gonna really break the forbidden door and they're gonna go to all the promotions they're gonna attack ray mysterio they're gonna attack ray phoenix they're gonna attack pentagon they're gonna attack anyone with the mask and ironically they're also mexican not saying anything but yes they're gonna attack <laughs> anybody with the mask because they are the anti-maskers yeah austin aries christ um no yeah i mean i again that's obviously the the anti-mask mindset or whatever but um hmm child predators being the way to go about that not sure not sure that's your best line of thinking drake um what the fuck anyway moving along from that uh somebody does ask in the chat who is david bixon span i'm trying to find your comment now uh forgotten or wonders ubex so he, he's a wrestling journalist and he actually is like you know you know how sometimes wrestling journalists people will be like, oh, you know, just report rumours or whatever. Like David Bixenspan, for one of, of a better term, I guess, he really is a journalist. Like he kind of is really good at all those court records and things of that nature and doing the research. I believe he was a researcher on the latest series of Dark Side of the Ring that's coming. Um, and he used to work for, oh man, it's like a media company in, in America. I can't remember. They, 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 they laid a load of people off last year anyway. He, I can't remember who they were. That's going to bother me. It will come to me. And when it does, I will share it with you guys. Um, but he used to work for a big company, and now I think he freelances. But, yeah. Right. Um, he, I mean, he's fairly inflammatory guy on Twitter, so I wouldn't be surprised if he had blocked you because he, he loves an argument. Um, but he is pretty good at his job as well. So there you go. Two sides of the coin with that, with that guy. Absolutely. Um, moving along from Drake and his terrible takes. Um... So there was a lot of stuff, SP3, on the Young Bucks and Chelsea Green. And whether or not they gave credit to artists. Did you see a lot of this on your timeline? I did see the Young Bucks have... They, they seem to be using Twitter to troll everyone. 
Yes. Like it just it, and they're not using tweets because they don't have an official Twitter to tweet out. They're using their bio. It is a very unique way of like drawing on certain things. And they added at the end of their latest bio that they don't uh, credit photographers for their photos. And I know that Chelsea Green also got a lot of heat on uh, Twitter. I know there was uh, photographers that were saying that she also doesn't credit people for their photos, but. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting story. I always believe in crediting people. I know artists myself, so I know that is a very like touchy subject, and they get very upset even with like even with like memes and stuff like that that they make. Like yeah. they they care about themselves and they just want to get credit for it, which is understandable. So I understand both sides of the scenario for someone like the Young Bucks and Chelsea Green. You're in the limelight, you know. You can't always know in particular, but that's just an extra step that you take to kind to credit the people that with their hard work i mean to me it's it's very much like you're a journalist right like it, yeah. and, and not and i mean the parallels in the sense of like if someone just rips off your work that that shit sucks right like there's nothing worse than that when you like put in a lot of hard work into making a report or a news story and then it is just reported verbatim as someone else's you're like um pretty sure that was my work and my question and that's the same with an artist if they actually go out of the way to create that, you know, no matter, no matter how much little or a lot of effort it, it it caused them, I don't think anyone should be above saying, yeah, yeah just put him. You know, a lot of when I'll report other news from other outlets on Twitter, I'll always do the bracket at the end where yeah. it came where it came from. That's it. That is a simple thing you need to do. Is say, look, this is the person who reported it. Simple. So simple. It's not like a big deal to, to do that. And you, you, you'd expect that to be a courtesy. So um, I think the Chelsea one, she could have she could have made it a lot easier, right? It's like eventually she did kind of do what she should have done all along, right? Like yeah. she, she, for some reason, she was really resistant to credit this guy. Like, I don't know whether he'd rubbed her the wrong way or, or something. Like, and I saw that he shared like DMs of her and all that stuff. And I just thought all along, like, just just do it. You know, just 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 make life easy on yourself. At this point, so many people had come for her. I think she was just like, no. And I thought, oh, just, you know, make life easy on yourself. But um, I do think, yeah, the artist should have been credited. If you are going to, I mean, at the end of the day, it's cool if someone like Chelsea Green, if you are the artist and Chelsea Green shares your shit, that's great, right? You think, yeah. oh, that's, that's awesome. I mean, did he have his own, I haven't even looked at the image closely. Did he not have his own like watermark or his own, and that's like certain steps that you kind of have to take to kind of right. like make sure that you always are accredited for your photos. But I agree with you. Yeah. If you're, if you're working hard, you're taking the, you're taking the photo, you want to get credit for it. And it's something simple that these people, you know, whether it's Chelsea Green, whether it's Young Bucks, whether it's anyone else in any type of celebrity, like if you like the photo, credit the person who's a part of it. If you are quoting a, a report on a certain website, quote the website whether it's fightful whether it's alex whether it's wrestling observer like these are just certain things it's called courtesy but yeah. not everyone has it all the time or not everyone pays attention to it sometimes yeah and like you can almost forgive it sometimes yeah. if it was just like you know but obviously after everyone had said <laughs> hey you know maybe you should look at this guy and then she did the whole statement that was like she just kept referring to him as the artist i was like what are you doing like you're going out of your way to not make like come on um that was all that's all it was weird ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Apparently, Andrade has a first match coming out of WWE SP3. Yes, and it is okay. <laughs> It is against Alberto El Patron. Mm. In all of the choices in the world, this is one of them. <laughs> you, 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 I, I mean, I'm just saying, Andrade, all respect to you. I am very much looking forward to what you're going to do outside of WWE. But, I mean, you, you could have versed anyone, right? Like, you could have versed anyone. And I understand, you know... You guys' history, you know, two of the probably the biggest Latino stars to come out of WWE in the past decade. But a lot has happened since Alberto El Patron <laughs> has left the WWE, Andrade, that you may or may not be familiar with. Mm. But if you wanted to guarantee that your first match back, you were the babyface, you definitely did that. <laughs> yeah. Um Alberto's trash. I don't have much to say about him. Um, but I love Andrade. Very excited to see what he's going to do. Not not the match I would have, or I was clamoring for. I'll say that much. Um, that bloke. Um, <laughs> Alex gets a pass since he's Irish. What am I getting a pass for? What have I said that's wrong? I don't know. I don't know. It is an independent uh, promotion because I see some people are actually like what promotion it's for. I mean, I just saw the image and I didn't even look further into it. Like I was like, oh, man, why? Why would you do this? Why <laughs> Why would you choose to verse Alberto El Patron as your I, first match back? Uh, I get that. Like in their heads, are they thinking it's like a Mexican dream match kind of thing? Yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, mean it's, not, it's not for me, but it may be to them and at a market, they might be like, I, I, I get what I'm trying to say is I can maybe understand their thought process, maybe, but it's still not something that I would. Yeah, it's not for me. It's not something that you're going to go know, out of your way know, to watch. No, no, I don't know how much clearer I can be about this. No, it's not for me. Um, but there you go. Uh, Del Rio's in the. I mean, Goldberg's above Del Rio to me. So there you go. Um, wow, we we heard history, folks. History, <laughs> folks. Someone is lower on Alex's list than <laughs> Goldberg. Alberto El Patron. Congratulations. Yeah, no love. Um, let's talk about uh NXT last night, right? Um, we we should get into that before we get into some ultra chats. I think. Um. Although, having said that, what's the date today? I don't even know if this was like, <laughs> I was like, am I, have I got the right doc open? Uh, let's, let's actually do one from Matty here right now. Hey, yeah. Alex and Sid, how are you? I'm good. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh, I was meant to be on TV tonight. Wow. Uh, but plans fell through. I was meant to be on Scottish Question Time. Wowzers. Okay. I think Kenny... This is, a, this is a great segue into what you actually want to ask. Uh, I think Kenny as Impact Champion is very good, and the crossover stuff is good too. Can we get a phone in on a Tuesday to talk to Sid? Sid, how's hotels? Um, that's a multifaceted question. Uh, let me just say that this is actually Wednesday, so <laughs> we would need the phone in 
on a Wednesday. Now, maybe you're, <laughs> maybe you are on TV and you got the days wrong. I, I don't know. Maybe you were supposed to be on TV on Tuesday, not Wednesday. <laughs> maybe you just missed it. I don't know. Um, but yeah. Matty never ever fails to maximize his question. So uh, I believe, uh, Sid, how are hotels? Hotels are great for when you need a place <laughs> to stay when you're not home. But I do agree with Matty. Kenny Omega got my Kenny Omega shirt on. Yes, the Good. best, the, the the one of the best in the world for sure. Very succinct. I, I I thought you had more, but you're saving it for later on in the show, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, was to, <laughs> I was about to blow my load and ruin the debate. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. Though I'm I'm one of the defenders of what's going on with uh, Kenny and Impact and that. And I, I although a caller and Louis yesterday were kind of like, uh, I saw Esri through you was actually in the chat, right? I saw this. Yes, and yes. They were making blasphemous statements in factually incorrect statements is what exactly. they were doing like i was no, no, like the ratings the ratings haven't even done anything i w- i was i was in the chat like i was typing at work i was at my shoot job and i was so triggered so triggered by louis infactual statement of i was like i know the numbers i looked at them i've seen this this is factual <laughs> evidence that the ratings are up overall since kenny omega has been on impact whether you view it on twitch whether you view yeah. it on accents it's up and he was a part of he was in the main event of the second highest grossing pay-per-view of the anthem era for impact wrestling and rebellion probably beat hard to kill and probably beat a bunch others it's probably second behind lockdown 2008 i wouldn't be surprised when the numbers come out that we find that out yeah, there we go. Um, Louis hates to hear it, apparently. But there you have it. Uh, I agree with what SB3 has to say there. Uh, let's get into NXT. The show kicked off with Karrion Cross, who uh, is not a great promo. So I, uh, to be to be frank, like, I mean, that's twice. Is that tw- There's two weeks in a row, right, that Karrion Cross is basically opening up the show. And I'm like, I don't know if this is the move. Um he basically just said, I'm going to be champion for ages. That's pretty much what the opening promo was, SB3. Uh, I, 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 I've, I've made this clear along. I'm not huge on Karrion Cross full stop. He has won me over a little bit with some of the matches he's had recently, right? So I yeah. think that it, there is a way to present him and to make him feel great. I just don't think a microphone in front of him is particularly that. And, and it's not that he can't talk, but... I don't know what it is, whether it's the character right now or that he hasn't really got anything going on. They are essentially just wheeling their champion out because it's like, hey, it's our champion, right? And yeah. like, if The Rock's your champion or something, cool. You know, great. They'll make something work. But man, it's not for me, it's not working with him on the mic. He's a different type of champion for NXT and he's a different type of superstar for NXT. NXT, I said long ago before, or AEW start, they're just the WWE's version of Ring of Honor or PWG. And Karrion Cross is more of a WWE type of act and type of character. But I feel like they should kind of depend more or focus more on Scarlett Scarlet Bordeaux as the Ta- Ta- talking. Sorry, Tyler is right. Um, yeah, I know. He, did, he, he opened last week, but still, the point remains. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, that's what I was. Uh, I was more addressing Karrion Cross as a yeah. I just view him as a, as different. I feel like he shouldn't be the speaker. I feel like Scarlett Bordeaux should do more of the talking for the act. Hmm. I mean, when I, is Karrion Cross more of a main roster guy? Yeah. I think that he he has the look, he is intimidating, he has the size that would work on the main roster for like, so, I mean, I, I'm not depending on WWE to get any of this right, but in theory, yes, he <laughs> is a main roster type of act. Like he does, he's not, he doesn't fit the mold of the NXT champions of the past, of the Adam Coles, of the Finn Balor's, of the Johnny Gargano's, Tommaso Ciampa, even going back to like the Neville's, the Sami Zayn's, like, no, that's not who Karrion Cross is. He kind of comes from like the independence and the places that these guys have come from in the past, but he's a totally different type of act, different type of character, different type of wrestler. So 
I think it's different and it allows for certain things to happen that wouldn't happen as say is with Finn Balor as the champion. So I do like the, the change of pace with Karrion Cross in the lead, but I do agree with you. Like I said, I just feel like the act would be stronger with Scarlett Bordeaux on the mic. Yeah. My apologies um, for saying that he was on an opening the show. Uh, in actual fact, it was Dakota Kai yes. and Mercedes Martinez who did open the show. And like, when I see this match coming out, I'm thinking, okay, Mercedes is going to get the win and they're going to just, you know, because it's natural. Dakota Kai is obviously aligned with the champion Raquel, Mercedes heading to her. But then when it didn't happen, I was a bit, even though I, I could telegraph it, I mean, she did kind of technically get the win, right, with a DQ. Yeah. But not really. Raquel was the one who ends up with the upper hand in the situation. So I was a bit like, maybe you should have just let her win. Because like, <laughs> at the moment, it seems like, you know, Raquel is just kind of, dominating this this scenario um i don't know i would have liked mercedes to get a bit of steam and that's not that i don't like you know i love dakota kai and i don't really love her just being fed to people but yeah. at the same time you need to give people some steam and i think mercedes could have done with a proper win and because then you could have done the stare down bit after and raquel gets the upper hand whatever but i feel like it was lost a little bit I, I agree with you. I did like this starting off the show with the match because that was a change of pace from yeah. NXT because the, the, the last couple of weeks always start with the opening promo, not really with the match. So that was a nice change of pace. And I thought that the match overall was uh, really good, but it just was a lame finish. And when you listen to the commentary, this story's not about Mercedes Martinez and Raquel Gonzalez. They're playing the long game, and this story is all about Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. So mm. I understood the protecting. I like the fact that they did protect Dakota Kai because it's obvious that is the goal that they're going to, Kai versus Gonzalez. So protecting her with the DQ with the DQ loss, I kind of understand. But yeah, I do but agree man. with you. I do agree with you. Mercedes Martinez needs a strong win before she gets a title shot, and she's already getting a title shot. Exactly. That's that's the kind of thing. It's like they're jettisoning her to that position, you know, for what? Uh, also, when do you do Kai and Gonzalez? Because I feel like if you do it too soon, it's lost a little bit. I would actually like it to build a bit more because the whole dynamic of the story is, you know, originally, Ricardo Gonzalez, for want of a better term, comes in as Dakota Kai's muscle, right? Tables turn where she becomes the champion. She she effectively usurps Dakota Kai and becomes the conversation. Now Dakota Kai is kind of like Raquel Gonzalez is sidekick almost, right? So like, yeah. let that fester. You know what I mean? Let that build. Let let you tell a real story there about how Dakota Kai feels like she's been undone. And because if she just turns on her, no, Ala uh, Tegan Knox. If it's just like that. I don't know if I buy Dakota Kai beating Raquel Gonzalez. I mean, purely whatever, right? Like, I don't know if I buy that. So I need to, there needs to be a reason or a development that leads me to to feel like Dakota Kai could come out on top. Maybe she's smarter, right? Or something like that. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's difficult. I, I think that the commentary did left the door open for more options because it seems like the obvious route is for Dakota Kai to kind of uh, turn on Raquel Gonzalez. But the way commentary was talking, they really kind of put put uh, Dakota Kai in a picture of kind of a baby face of she's the one that helped Raquel Gonzalez. But, you know, now Raquel's the champion, but she's still kind of secondary to Dakota because Mercedes Martinez saying you're doing Dakota's dirty work. So she's still the, the muscle for, for Dakota. So it might be like get to Raquel's ego that, that people still view her as kind of secondary to Dakota. So she can turn on Dakota and Dakota can turn face. So we can go either way with this, but I like the fact that Dakota Kai is being viewed in this way where she's kind of kind of be a, a revolve around the NXT women's title picture because I feel like she's someone that has deserved more for quite some time. Yeah, absolutely. And um, funnily enough, WWE have put like Tegan Knox videos up recently of like her matches and stuff, which sometimes is an indicator they're not that far away. Um, and I think obviously she could slide back in like lovely into that feud. Um, yeah. And that would be, a, if she was to ever win the title, that'd be a killer feel good moment um, for everyone. So there's a lot of possibilities there. There really is. Um, we'll just have to see where it goes. Next up on the show, Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase. Oh, watch hunting. Um, but Ted TBRC basically says, um, 
I have the true million dollar watch. Uh, there's a lot of things they can do with Cameron Grimes, who I feel like has found his groove amazingly in this character and Ted DiBiase. The best character on Tuesday nights is Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes, yeah. great to the moon. I felt like this edition of NXT was like a yeah, but kind of episode. Like we talked about with the opening match. It was good. Yeah, but. It, you know, it had its faults to it. This was one of the few segments on the night that I couldn't have no complaints on it. I thought Cameron Grimes just fits his character so well. You could put him in any type of scenario and it just works. And then the Ted DiBiase cameo at the end, it just worked and it popped me. My biggest mark out moment of this episode. <laughs> Easy. Uh, and then moving along, the Grizzled Young Veterans were basically saying, hey, MSK, how about you give us that one-on-one -on -one title match? And they were interrupted by Chumper and Thatcher. Now, me looking at Thatcher and Champa opposite um, Grizzled Young Veterans, very exciting. That is something that I don't want them to like just blow through. Um, man, that, that, that those they have the potential to have like a takeover barn burner esque match. They really do. Um, the other way I look at it as well, I feel like the story leads us to Grizzled Young Veterans and MSK again because it's like that unfinished business. But I really want Champa and Thatcher to do something. I do too. I kind of want to see Champa and Thatcher versus MSK because I feel like we got an MSK and GYV a little bit too much. Like we got in mm. back to back takeovers. I know, I know, Stand and Deliver was a three way, but they got the pin on GYV. Like it would have yeah. made more sense for them to beat Legato del Fantasma. But as we see with the main event, that they're going to that next. So I understand now why they made that decision. But I'm really looking forward to this. This is a rematch from the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, which GYV. V1, so which leads me to believe that this might be Ciampa and Thatcher's opportunity to get their win back. Tony Storm. <sighs> what what is going on with Tony Storm? Now, don't get me wrong, really impressed with what I saw um against uh Zayda Ramia? Ramir, yeah. Ramir. Um, very impressed with what I saw there. We saw Tony drop to Zoe Stark. At stand and deliver. Now, I didn't think that was a big deal because I thought Zoe had been hanging tough with a lot of the top talent, and it was kind of like, oh, you know, she's got the big win. Okay, cool. Um, Tony Storm loses here, and again, very impressed with Romeo and like the shooting star press, and you know, it was awesome. Tony Storm has gone from like title contention to just fodder. Like she's not really doing much, and considering the talent that she is. I find it perplexing, to be honest. I, I don't think I've ever seen an NXT segment that was so short, but frustrated me more than this segment. Because I was like, Tony Storm going to get squash victory. This is Maria. She doesn't need to get any type of offense. Like, yeah. Tony Storm could wipe through her. And then as soon as – I'm sorry. Like, yes, it was a beautiful shooting star press, even though it kind of was scary at the same Man, time. Like, like she, if she rotated any later – it was bad, but, right? But before that, oh my god, her offense—it was very bad, in my opinion. Like she was very she, no, it was just like it was just like it was kind of like that cringy feeling that you have watching wrestler where you know the person is not that experienced because like she ran up to Tony Storm and like paused, hesitated, and then yeah. punched her, and then hesitated again, did the insiguri. Like it was just like very cringy to watch, and then yeah to get the wwe raw finish with the distraction and then and then zeta ramir rins like that was the most deflating segment of nxt last night for me because tony storm needs to be treated better i think it was denise salcedo that i saw tweet out tony storm has not won a match this year mind you wow take over vengeance day she got a shot at the women's championship and she hasn't won this year are you kidding me I don't like. We all saw the Tony uh, Tony Storm that was in NXT UK having bangers of like Kaylee Ray and and Piper Niven and and of course like the Mae Young Classic winner and the great stuff she did there. She's done tremendous stuff all around the world and she's still in her mid twenties, which is staggering. 
to me, I look at her as like, if she's on the main roster, she's got some of the highest upside of anyone. Like she could be a megastar. There might be a plan. It doesn't strike me that there is one, but there might be one that I'm not seeing. Um, but at right now, I'm just like, man, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Like, because you, you can sit here all day and moan about like, oh, this person should have won, or this person should have won, and like that's wrestling, right? Like, someone's got to win, someone's got to lose, yeah. um, mo- mostly. Uh, but I don't see the logic in someone who's got that upside, the stock that is in Tony Storm, and like the losses that she's taken. Like, I don't see the story. It's not right in front of me right now. I don't see the progression or like, it, like you said, the match wasn't like, it wasn't like Scott Hall, one, two, three kid where like he really made no. the youngster, the up and coming. This was like a short little burst. It's like, oh, Tony Storm lost. What? Like, I don't know. It was just, it was a choice. <laughs> a choice is what it was. Um. Anyway, next up to earn an NXT North American title match was Bronson Reed and Austin Theory. This was set up last week. Uh, I am getting my weeks correct now. Where Austin Theory basically just broke it to Johnny Gargano, like, "Oh yeah, I spoke to Regal," and Johnny was like, "What did you do?" <laughs> um, I think we all see coming up a mile here that Reed was going to beat Theory. Um, it was fairly wild, though. Uh, I mean, I, I believe it was a obviously the indie Hartwell Dexter Loomis and all of this peculiarness that I've kind of become fond of i think um like the indie hardware aspect in the very least of it um so yeah there's that so it was, it was pretty convoluted but we got to where we needed to get to yeah i didn't like the index stuff last week i felt like it was overdrawn out and it was just the the distraction and the la night loomis match didn't work for me yeah. This week it was much better. I love, I love this the story that they told you first with the backstage segment with Ember and Shotzi getting the flowers and the note saying that it's from Dexter Loomis, which obviously it's from the way they're trying, to, <laughs> they're trying to, they're trying to dictate where Indy puts her anger towards. So it was a great move. I love that part. I love Indy's reaction. Just depressed, like she's all sad. <laughs> she's her on the apron, like the. Was yeah. the funniest thing during that match. Like, I started laughing during the match. Indy was great at ringside. And, you know, although the finish was a little bit overbooked, it worked for me because we got uh, Dexter Loomis pushing Indy out the way. So you see that he cares. And then um, getting, you know, him out the way, getting uh, Johnny Gargano out the way, Japonson Ree got the win. So we got to all the ends that we needed to get to. We got Dexter showing his affection towards Indy. Now the way can kind of talk about how this was all Dexter Loomis's fault and all Ember and Shotzi's fault, which led us into later on in the night where Indy and Candice attacked Ember and Shotzi, which sets mm-hmm. up our title match for next week, which is now a street fight. So I feel like the index stuff, it had a goal and it had a destination and it, it got to their goals. So I enjoyed it much more this week than I did last week. Yeah, me too. Uh, Index is a funny name. (laughs) I like it. Um, Next up, we had Killian Dane and Drake Maverick versus Imperium. I mean, this is dragging. Um, This this whole story is basically just taking ages to unfold. It could probably have been done in two weeks. But anyway, uh, Imperium beat Drake and Maverick again. And, I mean, Maverick was pretty much in for... I don't know. I don't even know what percentage to put on it. The vast majority <laughs> of the match. Yeah, a lot of the match. Um, I, I, the layers of storytelling are making it cool, right? Like, like Drake Maverick is cautious of being betrayed. I think is probably yes. the the best way of putting it. Um, Dane is still protecting his friend at this point, um, but all of us are kind of looking at it like, how much longer can you do this? Like, we, well, you know, well. What is it going to take to break? What's going to make him snap? Then we've got the kind of Alexander Wolf and uh, Dane, former friendship from Sanity that is like lingering in this story as well. So I like it. I'm just a bit like, I don't know if they're dragging their heels of it a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, 
I think that they felt like they were dragging their heels because this match had like three finishes in one match. Like we got <laughs> like we got the backstage segment with Drake and Dane kind of talking about Drake being a smart baby face, questioning that this was going to happen to him. This is something that Sting should have done a bunch of times in WCW whenever he would team with Ric Flair like an idiot. But Drake Maverick learned from the mistakes of Sting. He Sting had to walk for Drake to fly. So I like that he asked the questions that needed to be asked there. And then that set up the whole finish where it was the perfect finish where Drake was like going to his corner backwards. And then when he turned around, Dane wasn't there exactly what he said. That should have led directly into the finish. We didn't need the stuff with Alexander Wolf and Killian Dane this week. I feel like they could have saved it for a week down the down the road, but we got all of that in this matchup. So it seems like we are getting to wherever is the destination for this story very quickly. Yeah, uh, moving on from here, we had um, Moon and Blackheart versus Aaliyah and Jesse Camille. Um, you know how that went. Um, but the main thing is Adam Cole. Right, like he had an interview with uh, I didn't see I didn't even know Arash Makazi or Makazi, however you want to pronounce it. I didn't realize he would be SPN these days. Didn't he used yeah. to work for the LA Times? Am I right? Yeah, in thinking he did. That? He did. I, that's what I didn't even know he'd made the move. Um, is he like their WWE guy now? Possibly. I mean, they don't have coachmen anymore, so that would make sense. Wow, I didn't even know that. Like when I see that he had the interview with Cole, I was a bit like, "Wow, okay." Because um, you just expect it to be, I don't know, like one of the backstage. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, you know, Barrett or someone like that. Um, anyway, he interviewed Cole. Cole disinterested is probably the best way to put it. Um, he, he he said he wasn't bothered about his loss. Like he's the face of NXT anyway, and he kind of laughed at the idea that O'Reilly or Cross would usurp him in that role. Um, and the camera showed O'Reilly watching the interview and he was not happy. Um, obviously, the story's not done. We know that for Cole and O'Reilly. Like, we know that they're heading down to something else. But, you know, when it's like, oh, Adam Cole interview is coming. And then you kind of just get this where he's like, eh. I mean, again, I felt a bit undersold. Yeah, like we wanted to get something out of this. Yeah. And we really didn't. We we just got told everything that if you if you would if you were asked, what do you think Adam Cole is gonna say? I think that this is paint by the numbers what everybody would have would have said he would have said that Kyle O'Reilly doesn't it doesn't mean one one loss doesn't mean I'm not the face of NXT. I'm still coming for the NXT championship. It's all the stuff that we kind of expected him to say. So we didn't get any new information. We don't even know when he's returning to NXT proper, which would have been something to get from this. But I don't I just know now that we're gonna get more of O'Reilly and Cole, which I'm not too particularly enthused about. I mean, if it's a three-way with Cross, that's interesting. I would yeah. like to see that. But as far as Cole and O'Reilly, unless the dynamic changes, I don't want to see another match with them if it's not for the NXT Championship. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I felt like the story was told. That you did it. Like, yeah. And especially the way that Kyle came out last week, <laughs> call Kyle or whatever he's trying to go for. Um I just don't know. Like, how much more layers are there to peel back? Like, you already made him. You know, we've already, yeah. we've already you've already got the W. So it's like, uh, and there's know. nothing for him to like do to get it back because you know it's this is following the similar path to the story of Champa and Gargano. But after they had their unsanctioned match, Champa was gone for like a couple of weeks, and when he came back, he tried to attack Candice LeRae, his wife. So that was like that sparked a whole nother a whole nother road to the Chicago street fight, which later became a last man standing match. Like that was a spark that reunited the flame of the feud, but there is none here. We need something big to happen. Yeah, yeah, I agree with all of that. Uh, we also did see before I get onto the main event, Pete Dunn promo where he was very much like anybody can get it, uh, and it was very good. He's like, I'm a bad man. Come get some if you want it. Um, I like that about Pete Dunn because he looks a bad man. He works like a bad man, um, and you, I just you feel like he could beat take on anyone. Like I really do. So I mean, I'm here. I don't know precisely who this is heading towards, but I'm here for it. 
we were on the money when we said that he is the UK Chris Benoit of 2000. Like he, is. he, he even said to prove me wrong at the end again. Like he's on, he's on the money. He's the best technical wrestler. He's telling you to prove him wrong. So I'm all for Pete Dunne. This was a great promo in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that Pete Dunne hasn't always been famed for, but I feel like he's found his groove at, at the moment. Uh, the main event, of course, was MS Kushida. See what I did there. Uh, and Legado del Fantasma is best match of the night by a country mile, yes. I would say. Um, and, you know, I am actually kind of in favor of Legado del Fantasma winning here. Um, it p- pushes things along nicely. Uh, it was Mendoza and Wild as well who hit the Russian leg sweep, running drop kick to get the victory. I think it was over Carter, I want to say. Um, and Legado del Fantasma stood tall with the gold. So it kind of tells you where we're going in those directions. Um, but above all else, it was it was a really entertaining match. Yeah, and this was another change of pace because these are all guys that you don't usually see in the main event. So I like the fact that we closed the show on this. It makes them all feel more important. It makes the championships that they're holding, the NXT Cruiserweight Championship and Tag Team Champions, feel more important. And I love the dynamic of MS Kushida as well as Legado del Fantasma. And I would say that this is the best that LDF has looked since their whole creation because they looked very strong at the end. And this was a really good matchup to end the show. Absolutely. Now, in the closing stretch, uh, there is uh, an ultra chat from Adam Blompate, who says, Andrade versus Alberto El Patron. What is he thinking? Hope he's getting well paid for it. Smack my head. Um, I mean, he'll be getting paid. I I, I don't know where the the resources are coming here to pay well. Again, I think they probably think it's like from a legacy standpoint, it's like a historically important match. But yeah. I can't see anything past that. I, Nothing I could say to follow that. Up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into what you want to talk about. Lay, lay, set out the table then for the guys on the home straight here. If you guys do have any ultra chats to interject with, please get them to us now and we will get them before the end of the show. Otherwise, SP3, lay out. You wanted to talk about who was the biggest star. Now, it's imp- the wording is important. I, I believe that's what you said. The biggest star yes. in wrestling today. Yes, because this is something that's been talked about a lot. And I feel like this is like the first time, because there's been a couple of times in history of professional wrestling where the question of who's the man has come up. You know, whether it was in the early 90s or late 80s of who's the man, Hogan or Flair, or in the during the Monday Night Wars, who's the man, Austin or Goldberg? And now, and now we've kind of hit a generation. Yes, I said that on purpose for you. <laughs> but now we hit the generation where now we have AEW has come to prominence. WWE is not in the best creative position, but that makes people who are on the top of their game stand out even more. And the question is now, who's the man? Is it Kenny Omega? Is it Roman Reigns? We even had someone on Power 4 TV earlier today suggest that Will Ospreay is the man. So that's why I, I wanted to put that question out there because Kenny Omega is now the Impact World Champion. He's now the AEW World Champion. He's now proven himself to be a draw not only in AEW, he's proven it in New Japan before this, and now he's proven it in Impact Wrestling. So in my eyes, I'm wearing the shirt. Yes, I love me some Roman Reigns. I am a part of the Roman Empire. But right now, if you ask me on April 29th, it might change. But April 28th, 2021, I think Kenny Omega is the biggest star in professional wrestling today. I just feel like he has the name recognition. He's proven himself to be a draw, not only on the level of his main company, but in different companies and in his history. And he's brought eyes to products that have been considered dead for years. And he's made a viable second option to WWE. Yes, Roman has the platform of WWE, which is highest among anything in professional wrestling. But I just feel like Kenny Omega right now is the man. I find it very hard to to accept that like Kenny is just the clear number one, and I'll tell you why. I don't like the metrics that you kind of went by, right? So that would be that he's proven to be a draw, 
and he's made AEW. I mean, he hasn't single-handedly made AEW. No, no. Right? I didn't say that. I didn't. I know, I, know, I know you didn't. I'm just quanti- I'm just qualifying what you said, right? So there's that, right? He, he has played a, a major role. Sure, he's the champion. Um, and Impact, we talked about this earlier. He has had a tangible difference on their product. But there are levels to this. This is my point, right? So you, he could be the champion of every other company in the world, right? And to the mainstream audience, Roman Reigns is still bigger than Kenny Omega, right? That's the, I would, I might argue that in the wrestling world, that Kenny Omega is more impactful and powerful. Again, I'd st- I, I, as I say those words, as they leave my mouth, I'm still like, eh, do I believe that? Um, because you got to remember, Roman came back after SummerSlam and immediately made SmackDown like the number one show. Yeah, I mean, it helps you going against a sinking ship in Raw, right? I get that. But the numbers, we just use them for Kenny. We can use them for Roman too. Ta- yeah. Noticeably, SmackDown has risen under his guidance. That's a fact. Yeah. Um, and I think that... I've said this a million times, where you perform and what you do, it matters where you do it. It matters in the stage that you do it. If you perform at the highest level and you deliver in WWE, then in terms of, and I'm not just saying this from a fan perspective, but in how people um, take in the product, how many people see what you do, how many fans are worldwide, inevitably you are going to be the biggest star because you have the biggest reach, you have the biggest spotlight. Um, And I don't... If when you say biggest star, that's kind of how I qualify it, right? Yeah. Who is who is the biggest star? Well, that's like who's the biggest household name? How many households are going to know Roman Reigns over Kenny Omega? A lot. I think that's that's a good that's a great argument. I think that if you go up to a casual a casual person or someone who doesn't know wrestling, I think that it's quite possible that you ask them who's Roman Reigns and they don't know, and they might say they do know Kenny Omega. You never know. I think that or, it's or not- they, they would say or they would say they might know Roman right because he was in the film with The Rock. So it might be like, yeah. oh, you, they might not know his name. No, they might not know his name. They'll be like, what, The Rock's cousin? Like, <laughs> you know, and I know that's a bit of an asterisk on here, but like, there are those things, right? That I yeah. mean, you 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 stray into popular media like that. But I think in the wrestling world, like among wrestling fans, who is the biggest star? Um, And again, that's why I keep, I keep going back to this wording, because star is not, it really is just who's the biggest name when you dial yeah. it down, right? Which you could argue is Roman. But I think in terms of like the work they're doing right now, again, the tribal chief is like, that's my guy. That is my guy. My I've game. been very, I've been very clear about this on Twitter all the way. I'm a huge Roman Reigns fan. But I actually do think there is something to what SP3 said about helping build the wider wrestling world outside of WWE and like having a tangible noticeable effect on that because when you're in the WWE machine and I guess John Moxley is the example yeah his like and Moxley has said this himself his fandom is his direct result of being in WWE if he just yeah. comes from the Indies into AEW he's not half as big he knows that he said that but at the same time now he's doing the best work of his career so like it's a, it's a twofold thing you know what I'm saying like yeah um if you want to be the star, I think the biggest star will always be in WWE right now. If you know, like has been for the last however many years, just purely because it is easily the biggest place in the world. But in terms of have they changed the game and have they made a big difference and impact? Absolutely, man. Like you, I don't think you can take anything away from what Kenny Omega is doing. I love what they're doing right now. I think impact are getting a great shine from Kenny Omega being their champion. Again, this is a way to qualify it. If you are someone who's the impact champion 12 months ago, right? Most people, most people would have to go, you know, like you need a good Wikipedia search, but when Kenny Omega becomes the champion, a lot of people know about it. So he definitely has an influence. I just think it's always difficult to qualify anyone against like a Lesnar, a Reigns, like a Cena. Ah man, that's difficult. And I know we can't really count Cena and Lesnar, but you know what I'm saying? No, no, I I understand what you're saying. I would say the best way to say it is, like I said at the beginning of this topic, it all started in the 80s with Flair versus Hogan, Flair being the the face of the NWA, Hogan being the face of New York, WWF. And probably at that time, you ask a casual person, obviously they're going to know Hulk Hogan, but not many people would know Ric Flair. 
So I think the best way to say it is that Roman is now the Hulk Hogan of this era and Omega is Flair. So yeah, that's how it works. That's a good point. But also, Flair had to have a run in New York. He did. I think that's the difference of what today is what from versus then is that now you don't really have to. Omega is probably the biggest name that has never been in WWE and wrestling today. Um, I haven't looked this up, but Tessa? Was it? Maybe yes, it was. Ago? I think it was. I think it I'm was. just I'm just going by when she won the title. <laughs> I'm assuming it was Tessa. So yeah, I could it pull it, I could pull it up, but I'm just saying, like, you know, you look along the history of champions, and to be fair, that's a good example because she did make good news. So that actually probably disproves what I'm saying. But you know, alongside that with the Sammy Callahans and, and whatever, like, you know, it gets a bit more even even Rich Swan, like a yeah. lot of WWE, a lot of WWE fans would have been like. And if you just watch WWE, like wow, Rich Swan. Do you know what I mean? Because they don't know any better. Yeah. They were tra- they were trained and think of him as like a cruiserweight. So exactly. um, it's funny. It's funny how things work. Anyway, I really en- I enjoyed that brief uh, debate. We do have one more from Russell Scott that says, "Daily Boys uh, tonight on Dynamite. They need to open with Don Callis giving his over the top intro of Kenny Omega. Have them cut a combined seven to nine-minute promo, that's very precise, on the Impact title win, cut down Swan, have Kenny flanked by Super Elite, no interruptions. Um, I would... Uh, they should definitely give more credence to that title win than they did in the lead-up. Definitely. Um, yeah. it, has to, it has to be celebrated that Kenny is, like, dominating right now, I think, SB3. They should at least play the promo that they put on Impact social media of Kenny after the match saying that, you know, he has these titles, but the wrestling world should be scared because he's not satisfied yet. Even just that short little two minute promo would be enough to me. Yeah, exactly. It needs they need to to definitely play into the fact that he's just acquiring more hard roads he goes on top of his game. Definitely. And yeah, I I think um, I don't know if Rich one gets a rematch. I think maybe they head to Moose. Maybe. I, I think under Siege, we get Eddie Edwards. I feel like Ooh. Eddie Edwards has been mixing it up in that in that little feud. He was at ringside at uh, Rebellion, and I feel like he would be a, a great matchup for Omega, and he's someone who isn't too big of a star for an Impact Plus special. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I was thinking more uh, Slammiversary. So yeah. Moose may be there, and then if Samoa Joe returns that night, <sighs> then we're off to the races. Um so, yeah, there's a lot of different things they could do there. But I would like them to acknowledge what Kenny's been doing outside of AEW more. And I, I did hear Tony Khan's kind of rebuttal to that. Like, well, you know, I've been doing paid ads on their show. So why should I? But this helps everyone, I think. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to Kenny walking out of all his all his gold. And, uh, yeah, talking down to us all. Anyway, uh, thank you very much for your Ultra Chats tonight, guys. Thank you very much for your viewing. Uh, remember thumbs up subscribe all of that great stuff you can get to uh wrestling daily merch right wrestletalk.com you can find us there at the shop um we will see you tomorrow but it won't be me it won't be me it's going to be sp3 and steph chase that's going to be the fresh tag team on wrestling daily tomorrow i have an interview with an aew star that i will have to let you know about um tomorrow after it's done but i'm very excited about it haven't had it before so it should be very good so you'll have a sb3 and steph's gonna be in this chair she's gonna be the host and all she's always wanted um so i'm looking forward to seeing that uh, show from you guys i will tune in after i'm done with my uh my good stuff until then guys uh i believe Cuzzlemania is over on parts fun known please make your way over there and we will see you tomorrow bye bye What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. 